Hello, my truth-seeking mates. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Truthfully Thinking. This is your host, Julie Semena, and this is a podcast where theology, apologetics, and a thinking lifestyle merge. This is episode 25, Finding God's Will, with part four of that series. I just recorded part three, which I am doing, which I did right before this. Um, I was just trying to uh, get in the uh, two episodes that I owe you guys because I want to be um, as honest as I can as I can to my word about keeping up with this. Um, I explained in um, episode 24 why that might not be as possible as I would have liked it to be. But in either case, I am here to try to keep up with that as much as I can. Today, we're going to talk about the fourth S of our series, Finding God's Will, which is five S's. Your first S is salvation. Your second S is saturation. Your third S is sanctification. And your fourth it is your fourth S is <laughs> submission. Wow, what a word that we just completely butcher in this century, completely hate, completely misinterpret, completely take out of context. And I think it's about time that we um, get a little into this. Now, today's episode shouldn't be that long. I think it might just be like 10 minutes or so. Um, um, but there's so much to say about this topic with today's with today's society. And um, we're going to talk about submission because this is a word that, man, has it been butchered by feminism in the sense that somehow submission has equated being has been equated to mean slavery. They are not the same thing. So please, please, please do not use those words interchangeably. Slavery and submission are not the same thing. Everybody submits. Absolutely every single person has submitted, whether that be to submit, submitting to a police, submitting to a president, submitting to a governor's rule, submitting to your boss, submitting to your supervisor. Everyone submits to somebody. So, Let's stop using that word as if it's some kind of curse on us or that it's some kind of regressive, um, re- some kind of regressive culturally um, or legally. I just want to make sure that we are talking about the same thing when we're talking about this word. So with that said, um, we're going to go ahead and read first Peter chapter 2 verses 13 to 25. I'm going to say that again in case you are writing. 1 Peter 2 13 to 25. All right, so I have it in front of me. I'm going to go ahead and read it and the subheading for this oh does not have one so it says submit to every human authority because of the Lord whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. For it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. Submit as free people, not using your your freedom as a cover up for evil, but as God's slaves. Honor everyone. 
Love the brothers and sisters. Fear God. Honor the emperor. There's a subheading here. It says submission of slaves to masters. Verse 18. Household slaves, submit to your masters with all reverence, not only to the good and gentle ones, but also to the cruel. For it brings favor if, because of the consciousness of God, someone endures grief from suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if, when you do wrong and are beaten, you endure it? But when you do what is good and suffer, if you endure it, this brings favor with God. For you were called to this because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This passage was very eye-opening to me for for different reasons. I I think everyone has struggled with authority, you know, some of us more than others. And I really had an issue not even with authority in general because I was very quick to respect my authorities at school. I was very quick to respect my authorities at work, supervisors, bosses, teachers. I never had an issue respecting my authorities first for mo- first and foremost because I was scared to death of my mom and there's just no way I would ever tempt my mom to beat me for disrespecting any of my authorities in school or um it, well at that point in school because those are the only authorities outside of my home um besides the authorities in church however as a as a teenager as a kid i didn't struggle with um leadership or authority in church but as i got older I realized that I no longer had to. Suddenly, I had some kind of epiphany, um, obviously not biblical, um, that I didn't have to. And while I was never the, the member that went off purposely disobeying my authorities, I did challenge them a lot um, instead of obeying very simple rules simply because I could challenge them. It was never really from a good place. And I say that being completely transparent and open because I think that we don't talk about the importance of respecting all authority, including those authorities in our church enough. We tend to easily accept they respect that our bosses deserve, our presidents, police officers, etc. But we don't talk about how important it is to submit to our leaders and church. Now, I'm not going to deny the abuse that has existed um, in churches of this, 
but the, the fact that that exists does not take away the standard and expectation that God has um, of us obeying our authorities. So um, back to God's will and um, part four of God's will, which is our fourth S, submission. Um, in this passage specifically, he talks about the submission that makes us the that is supposed to make us the best citizens in society. Basically, we are trying to reach the world. So one of the best strategies that we can use as Christians is to be the most exemplary citizens of society. For what reason? Well, the, it says it to silence those who talk about us so so that whoever does talk ends up talking foolishly instead of with good reason. We are supposed to be the outmost examples that society has as citizens. And let me tell you, we have failed at this miserably, um, not by the world's standards though many times, yes, but that would not concern me as much. But just by God's standards of how we're supposed to live in society, be the best examples, be the best workers, the most obedient citizens. Now, I want to specify that I'm not talking about obeying blindless. I mean, blindly. Um, we're not supposed to obey every single rule, including those that are completely opposed to the morality that God teaches in the Bible. I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is that about, what, 90% of the rules are not morally or do not conflict with the biblical morality. And therefore, we have no reasons to not obey it. Um, Yet, we as, how do I say this? (laughs) As Americans who like to be proud Americans and um, thrive on nationalism, where they want to fight for these the American rights, well, that's not wrong. We sometimes equate that to what God wants. And to make a change, as Christians, we must always make a decision that is possible within the limits of the law. I don't know how many people I'm going to hurt with that. If we're reading this passage right, The expectation that God has is to obey every single law and rule as long as it's not against the Bible. We're not supposed to be seeking revolutions based on disagreements or something we don't like. Um, Does that sound like anything right now (laughs) you might be thinking about? Um. It's just very sad how you have a lot of Christians representing Christ, but really they're representing uh, a much the culture more than Christ. Um, 
they were presenting the Constitution more than they're representing Christ. Um, and, and that's not okay. Um, you can't equate one thing to the other. We should really make sure that we're being real. If you want to stand up for, for those things, that's okay. But do not equate it to being a Christian. It's not the same thing. We should not be seeking revolutions. We should stand up for what is unjust all the time, but we should never be seeking revolutions for these little things. Ephesians 6, 5 through 9 says, Slaves, obey your human masters with fear and trembling, and the sincerity of your heart as you would Christ. Don't work only while being watched as people pleasers, but as slaves of Christ. Do God's will from your heart. Serve with a good attitude as to the Lord and not to people, knowing that whatever good each one does, slave or free, he will receive this back from the Lord. And masters, treat your slaves the same way without threatening them, because you know that both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. So, there's just unarguably the expectation that we as Christians are supposed to be representing Christ correctly by obeying the law, obeying the rules, honoring our authorities and respecting our authorities. I know that is that nowadays it's celebrated to challenge authority and go against authority. Um, and I, I submit to you that God expects us to only challenge and disobey authority when what we're being asked is against biblical um, manda- mandates. Um, I am not here to share my opinion on this because if you were to ask me, I would easily tell you, I would like this not to be the case. These, this whole issue with the masks is getting, I think, out of hand in the sense that I'm not talking about non-Christians. I think that non-Christians have every reason to do as they fit right because they don't have the truth. But I am saying that as Christians, we should know better when it comes to starting revolutions about small issues like should I wear a mask or not? And whatever that means, I'm going to leave it up to you. There's people who are Christians who are making it seem like standing up against masks, it somehow equates to representing Christ fearlessly. And I am not saying that it's wrong to stand up against masks. What I am saying is that it is not right for you to make it as if God expects that from us. As you can see, the Bible, not me, is saying that that is not what we should be doing. Now, what's my opinion on the masks? We can have that conversation if you would like to do that. Um, You'd be surprised by my answer probably, but I would not advertise it, advertise my opinion as if it's 
God's opinion on masks. Okay, I am not interested on advertising those kinds of things as God's opinion. It is not. My opinion is not God's opinion. So that's all I'm going to say on that. And that is the fourth S, said mission. So first salvation, second saturation, third sanctification, fourth said mission. And with that, please do not forget to follow my social networks on Twitter and Instagram. Verdaderamente P is in Spanish and truthfully think is in English. I say goodbye to all my truth-seeking mates as I hold up the peace sign to the screen that is not recording. Wishing that your minds gradually understand that truth is a Christian's priority, even if it hurts, makes us uncomfortable, but practicing truth will make us better servants of our Lord. Blessings, everyone. Until next time.